Welcome to this Faith Builders Church live stream. Boy, I tell you, I have been blessed, 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 blessed by bringing you this incredible series on the value of the local church. You know what? I can't imagine a stronger force in the world than the church, the local assembly, one local assembly connecting with another local assembly and how this thing grew and grew and grew all the way around the whole world. Praise God. I thank God every day for all those people that came before me, all those who fought the good fight of faith, all those who were willing to become martyrs even uh, for the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. I tell you, in America, we're spoiled. We got a church on every corner. And you know what? We still don't find a way to get in those churches. We still don't find a way to stop what we're doing and just pull into that church service. But I just want to encourage everybody, get back in church. Get back into the kingdom of God. Get back into what God has called you to. Don't just come to church and fill a seat. Praise the Lord. Come to church. Grab a hold of something to do there and do it with all your might. I tell you, you know, 10% of the people generally do about 90% of the work around the church. And boy, could we use the gifts and the talents that God has given to you I call them forth and I just thank God that God did put those gifts and talents on the inside of you and I thank you that he put them there for a purpose not just a purpose for yourself but a purpose for the kingdom of God we've been talking a lot about how the church uh, relates to the kingdom of God that is the kingdom of God and to try to do what we're doing outside the church and then kind of doing it when we want to. And of course, you know, there's some of you out there that maybe you only go to church, uh, you know, on Christmas Day and Easter. I want to encourage you, find your place in the body of Christ. I promise you there is something that God has instilled on the inside of you. Maybe still down deep, maybe something that, that maybe you, you did once upon a time and it didn't work out the way you hoped or, you know, you just haven't discovered it yet. I promise you, if you'll just sit under the Word of God like you are right now, but you'll come in person. I want to meet you in person. I, I want to see you. I want to meet you. I want to know how I can help you personally. I want to be there for you in the midnight hour. I want to be there, you know, when, when, when things don't go the way you hope. And I want to be there when, when ministry just doesn't, you know, uh, get you excited anymore. And I want to be the person to excite you back into ministry again. I would love to do that. Pastor Barb would love to do it. The pastors and elders of this church would love to do that for you. Because we know if you can find your place in the kingdom of God, in the local church, you'll find your place, I mean, out there in such a big way. Because really, you know, what this whole thing comes down to, and we've been talking about it a lot over the past several weeks, it comes down to accountability. We got to be accountable. We need structure. We need order. We need someone that's been there, done that, that can really be an encourager to us, but also be someone to kind of rein us in when we aren't going in a way that is safe, possibly for others or possibly for yourself. Sorry about that. But I let, let's get into this tonight because it, it's just, it's so good to know that God has a plan and that his plan is the local church and how that local church can really just expand the kingdom of God in supernatural ways. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. You know, we read this last week, 
And I, I wanted to just kind of open with it again because it really gets into, you know what, God is, Jesus is the, the structure over the house of God. The church, you know, God is that, or Jesus is that structure. And you know what, he doesn't want us, like we talked about last week, he doesn't want us to neglect the coming together within that structure. You see, there's just no lone rangers out there. Lone rangers are people who aren't accountable to someone else. They, 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 they may you know, have a form of godliness, but they deny the power therein. Or you know, maybe they have selfish ambitions and motives. Or maybe they're just trying to climb a ladder to prove a point to somebody. I don't know. But what I do know is, is that if we'll just stay together in the body of Christ, that there is protection under that structure of who Jesus is. Who he is as the, as the high priest over the church. And I know he's talking about the global church, but he's also talking about your church. Let's, now that we've kind of recapped a little bit, let's get into Ephesians a little bit here. It says in Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 31, it says, so be careful how you live. It says, don't live like a fool, but like those who are wise, you know, those people that have gone before you in the kingdom, those people who have established the local church in what it is right now, those people can get, help you become wise in godly things. It says, but make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you uh-oh, to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything, God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, hear this by the Spirit of God, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And for a husband, the head of his wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you, so you wives submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of the word of God. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, not a weak, anemic, frustrated church, but a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. We are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother is joined with a wife, and the two are united as one. This is a great mystery, but also an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Well, I'll tell you this much, the husband must respect his wife. 
You know, some people will get off on a bit of a tangent here and say, well, you know, I don't know about all that and the husband and the wife and, you know, submitting and all that kind of stuff. Listen, God is a God of structure and order. We've been talking about that since the beginning of this. And what that means is, is it doesn't make one less than the other. Now, you've got to hear this by the Spirit of God. Because if you're not careful, you just, you'll, you'll read what that says and then you'll miss the whole point here. And what Christ is really saying here is that there is a husband and there is a wife. And the two of those shall come to, you got it, come together. So there are different parts that each person brings into that marriage. And if without the, the giftings and the talents that we have, and we've been talking about giftings and talents over the past several weeks here, but as those giftings and talents of a male and a female come together into marriage, it, the two shall become one. It doesn't make one better than the other. It just means that God made them in a certain way. I can't do what my wife does. I tell you, my wife, Jennifer, she is the most amazing wife you'll ever want to meet. She raised three boys. I mean, she's worked full time. She worked for the church. She's in ministry. She gives her whole life away day by day, every day. I see her do it. I witness it. Somehow the laundry gets done. Somehow the floors get clean. And you know what? I'm not one that I'm, I'm, I can't go and get a load of laundry or a mop or a dustpan or whatever. I do all those things as well. But I'll tell you this much. The things that my wife can do, I cannot do. The things I've witnessed with my own boys, you know, things that, that nurturing side of what a woman possesses that, you know, me as a man, I don't really have that deep nurturing side. Some men do, and I think that's fantastic. But listen, you've got to understand that those, those two come together and there isn't one less than the other. There's just structure and order. And that structure and order is there in design to create something great, greater than what I could be become by myself or my wife could become about herself, greater than what you could become on yourself without belonging in the church, and so on and so forth. You've got to understand that the church needs you. You need the church. You need to become one or unified with the church. You have giftings and talents. You have distinctions that God has given to you, both as men and as women and as gifted people, and God wants to orchestrate all of that to fit into the body of Christ. He wants to become one with you and you become one with him and you're going to be jointly fitted together through the local assembly of the church. You just can't do this on your own. You've got to come to that realization. You need to depend on others. I promise you if you woke up tomorrow morning and all everybody on the planet was gone and it was just you, you would have a very difficult time feeding yourselves, finding water, you know, finding safety and so on and so forth because no one would be out there doing the job that they're doing every day. I'm dependent to go to that grocery store. I'm thankful for the gro grocery clerk. I'm thankful for the truck driver. I'm thankful for the, the, the farmer that grew the food. I'm thankful for the guy that got the seed and, and I'm thankful for the guy that tilled the soil. I'm thinking for all of that and without all of those people working together for a common goal to get me my pork chop, to get me my head of lettuce, I'm telling you, I could not do that on my own. And I'm here to tell you as a man of God, you can't do it on your own either. You need to get embedded. You need to become one with your church. You need to, I mean, develop a sense of loyalty to your church, knowing that God has planted you there, knowing that God has brought godly leadership into your life 
for a purpose, not to take anything from you, but to create, a, to actually to pull out what's inside of you already by the power of God and to develop you as a powerful, awesome man or woman of God operating in the supernatural level rather than the level of the natural. I tell you, it, the hardest way to go about your walk with Christ is not to recognize you, the need for godly leadership in your life, the, the need for the local assembly in your life. Th that is the most difficult way to be a Christian. And I want to get you that are on that fringe. I want to call you closer in. Those who are close, I want to call you closer in. I want you to become such a catalyst for change in your life and in the lives of others that it supernaturally begins to unfold. You know, so many of us want to have a plan. We want things to just be done this way or that way or whatever, and we get caught up in all that stuff. But I'm here to tell you as a man of God, I live by faith. Sometimes I don't know where my next word's going to come from. Sometimes I don't know where my, my next step's going to come from. Sometimes I don't know what the answer to very complicated problems that, uh, that we face as pastors in the church and working with families and situations and so on and so forth. I don't know the answer, but praise the Lord, I know the one who does. And you know what? I received the gift that he has given to me. I could have easily just said, you know what, God, I don't want to accept the gift that you have for me in my life. I don't want to serve you that way. I just want to come and go as I please. But you know what? I, I decided a long time ago, I'm going to make sure that I am held accountable to who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm going to put it out there. It's going to become the calling card of my life. Anyone who's going to know me is going to know me by the gifts and the callings on my life. And that's the same thing God wants to do for you. You may not be a pastor, you may not be one of the fivefold ministry, but I promise you, even the least part of the body sometimes does the most profound things. Sometimes you can become the catalyst for change. You know, I know a man named David. David was there to give his brother some sandwiches, man. He was, he was running his Uber truck, man. He was going over there giving them some sandwiches, and he just thought he was there to drop off some sandwiches, but God had a plan. He was faithful in what he did. He knew what God would do for him. He was submitted to his father, who actually was his pastor, and so on and so forth. I don't have time to go into all that tonight, but he was submitted to godly leadership in his life. And because of that, God caused him to flourish and caused him to grow. And he wants to do that same thing for you. I want to read this next scripture. It's found in 1 Corinthians 1, 2-10. I'm writing to God's church in Corinth. I'm writing to God's church in one place. So we're talking about a specific church a specific location. Kind of like saying, I'm writing to God's church in Phoenix, Arizona at 949 East Bell. To you who have been called by God to be his own holy people, he made you by holy means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all the people who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you, for the gracious gifts he has given to you. Now you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, 
God has enriched your church. He's talking to the church in Corinth, a very specific church. But, but this applies globally at the same time. We talked about that distinction through this series. It's not just always a church, but it is a church and a network of those churches. It's not always when he's talking about the church, the global church. Sometimes he's talking to a specific church, and I believe he's talking to us tonight. It says, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need. And he's not just talking about a person. He's talking to a church, talking to you. He's talking about the gift that you have that needs to be nurtured and drawn out so that the church can become powerful, so that it will have every spiritual gift we as the church need as you eagerly wait for the return of Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be free from all blame on the day when Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you, hear this by the Spirit of God, he has invited you into partnership with his Son. How does he do that? Well, you are in Christ and Christ is in you and those two coming together, creating the church. It says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church and the authority that he possesses as an apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in your church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. You see, God is calling us together in uh, 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 unity in one mind, unified through our thoughts, unified through our purpose, unified through everyone having a gift, unified in equipping or nurturing that gift that's on the inside of you that is desperately needed in the body of Christ so that the church will have no lack of any spiritual gift. It's not all about what the pastor can do. We read that a few weeks ago and we talked about, you know, can, can everybody do this gift? Can anybody, everybody do that gift? And so on and so forth. And the answer was a, a resounding no. We need the body of Christ to come alive and it needs to come alive in the local assembly where we're in unity and one accord. And I promise you, if we can get the church to do this, if you can just take that next step closer to the inner parts of your church and start to work on that connection where you and the church become one, you're talking about changing the world overnight. You can't imagine the gifts and callings that God has in your life and how by activating those, not for just a little while, not for just a little sprint, not for just when you have trouble, because the Bible says that you, know, you shouldn't have these divisions in the church, but we should be unified together, which means, you know, if my brother offends me, what do I do? I get over it, praise the Lord. And I keep doing what God's called me to do because I know that the gift that's on the inside of me needs to be nurtured so that the body of Christ can have every spiritual gift in operation. You are a part of this church. You are a part of Christ in the church. And without you becoming one with 
the church, you're choosing a much more difficult way to go. And I just want to encourage everybody who's watching this, everyone who's watching this, please, I beg you, I beg you by the Spirit of God, begin to get more involved in what God is calling you to do in the local assembly. Don't get caught up in the big picture, the, you know, this grand you know, ministry. Just stay focused on what God has for you to do right where you are. I want to close with this scripture. It's found in Romans 13, verse 1 through 5. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. Now, he's talking about governing authorities in the world, but we also submit to governing authorities in the church. For all authority comes from God. I understand that, but he also said that you need to submit to governing authorities. God will place those people in those positions. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions, we've talked about those positions in the church, of authority have been placed there by who? Yeah, by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing the right thing, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. I just want to encourage you. Listen, I have no agenda to rule over anybody. Praise the Lord. God's given us the power of free will to choose. He's given it to me. He's given it to you. And you know what? It's up for each and every one of us to make those choices in our lives. But we also have to recognize that there are consequences. And sometimes the consequences not, you know, locking you up in jail or kicking you out of the church. Sometimes those consequences come in the form of, of being outside of the will of God. And once you're outside the will of God, you're outside of his church and, you know, you get further and further away, you really get away from the supernatural part of how God establishes the kingdom, which is through his church. And out of that come all these other amazing gifts, you know, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, you know, I've gone too far. I need to come back. And I just want to encourage anyone who's out there who needs to come back to the church. It's just time. It's time to come back to the church. I want you here. I don't care who you did or what you did or who you did it with. Praise the Lord. God's not mad at you. He's for you and he wants you back in the church because that's where you can grow. That's where you can mature. That's where you can find your gifts. That's where you can you know, develop yourself and who knows what God could do in and through you. Well, that is the end of this sermon. I'm going to do one more next week and I just want to encourage you to tune into that. We're going to continue to talk about the value of the local church one more time next week. But I also want to invite you to church. Sundays, Pastor Barb has amazing messages. Our praise and worship is just incredible. The presence of God in this room is just so thick and rich. And I want to invite you both to our 9 o'clock and our 1030 services. 
I also want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior before I close this service. I want to say this prayer, and I want you to say it together with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Hey, listen, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, put a comment down below. Find a local church. We'd love to have you come to our church, and we hope to see you there. Until uh, next time, I just want to wish you all hope, health, and healing. In Jesus' name.